Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So, if you would please turn in your Bible to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. We're going to continue along these lines. Now, last week I just, I I really sought the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm not going to be bound by series and and this and that. But it it connects with our previous series on what are you doing here and finding your purpose and flowing with that and enjoying the greatest life there is. But, But now we're talking about the life of victory. There is a life that we can live as born again Christians where we don't have to pray for a lot of stuff. It just shows up. Healing, prosperity, strength. Now, listen to this statement very carefully before we read this scripture. Listen closely because I want to prepare you to hear this word. Any believer can get a victory. But it takes living in the will of God to live in victory. Any believer can get a victory no matter what road they're on. But if you want to live in victory, you need to live on victory road. Are you following me? See, God has a life for us, not just a bailout for us when trouble comes. There is a life where no evil shall befall you and the wicked one touches you not. I mean, it's a wonderful life. I mean, do you realize as a Christian, born again, saved by grace, going to heaven when you die, do you realize you can go down wrong roads in the natural and be mugged? Well, no, wait a minute, Pastor. I'm a a born-again Christian. I'm saved. Those things don't happen to me. I'm saved by grace. They do happen to people that are saved by grace all the time. And here's one thing you need to really realize, because when we're talking about the life of victory, we're talking about learning to be sensitive to the leading of God's Holy Spirit in you, in your decision-making. Nobody has ever missed it, being led by the Spirit. Nobody has ever gone into destruction or disaster by following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, they may have found themselves with disaster all around them, but the Bible talks about being in a place in God. You know, he that lives, not just visits the secret place of the Most High, no evil will befall him, neither any plague come near their dwelling. He's not talking about doing your own thing. You know, if you're a born again believer, you're going to heaven when you die. But how many of you want to live out your full days here on earth? Miss a bunch of adversity that you didn't have to go through. There's a life. The life of God is amazing. The life that he has planned for you is it's so amazing that the devil ceaselessly tries to get you to think it's no fun. It's boring. It's gray. And you really won't like it. The devil knows that when people step into the plan of God for their life, they're going to love it. That's why he fights it so hard with all these distractions and lusts of other things and and, and deceitfulness of riches and all this other stuff. Because the devil knows you're going to love the life God has for you. And he's got to do his best to make it look gloomy to you. So look at Romans chapter three. We're talking about the life of victory, a life where you don't have to pray for things. Almost all other Christians are praying for. They just come with the package. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Romans three sixteen. Destruction and misery are in their ways. Stop right there. If you see a street sign that says destruction, 
What should you do? <laughs> Don't go down that road. Amen. Right? If you see a road sign that says misery is on this road, what should you do? Well, pastor, but there's also some fun things on that road. And if I get in trouble, I'll just cry out to God and pray. Yeah, you can get a victory. How many of you want to live in victory? How many of you want to live above the storm? There is a way to live above the storm. There's a way, you know, you don't, we don't have to live these lives where we crash, we burn, we cry out to God and he saves us. We crash, we burn, we cry out to God and he saves us. Thank God he will and thank God that's better than nothing. But Jesus wants to be your Lord. And if he's your Lord, now listen closely. If Jesus is your Lord, you know, bless the Lord, oh my soul. There's benefits that come with that kind of life you don't even have to pray for if he's your Lord. You know, you're actually looking to him for direction, ear open to him every day. Oh, one of the things we'd heard in the Southwest Believers Convention, Bill Johnson was teaching and it was awesome that Brother Copeland asked him to come and teach. It was wonderful. It was the first time he'd ever been there. He was talking about the Spirit of God coming down on Jesus like a dove. Why would the Lord God say the Spirit of God is like a dove? Well, for one reason is a dove is the kind of animal that if you walk too bouncy, he flies away. Uh, for lack of better words, easily spooked, but the Holy Spirit's not spooked. But you know what I'm saying? He's likened unto a dove. And when that dove lighted upon Jesus, Jesus lived his life. He lived his life in such a way where the Spirit of God remained on him. The dove never left him because he said, I always do those things that please my Father. And the power of God was constantly on Jesus and it can be constantly upon you, church, because the Spirit of God is likened unto a dove and you can live your life in such a way where he's never grieved, he's never quenched, and you're always ready to do the works of Jesus when the needs around you call for it. And that's what we're talking about. The Bible talks about he that speaks in tongues, pray that he may interpret. That was like hot off the wire, what we just heard, confirming that the Lord wants us to hear this. He lighted upon Jesus. The Holy Spirit came on him like a dove. The Bible says John the Baptist saw it. Our son saw the Holy Spirit when he was young. He called us. He was, he was all hot and he called us in his room. How old was he? About seven or eight? Or? Isaac called us in and said, Mama, Mama. He was like all hot. And he said, I just saw the, a chalk a, a chalk dove flew in my room and flew all around my room. It was, it was like white chalk and it flew out the window. He saw the Holy Spirit. It's called discerning of spirits operated in his life as a seven-year-old. And he, he, he lighted upon Jesus like a dove. And you realize you have to walk a certain way if you want that power to remain on you. I like calling it walking softly before the Lord. You know, interested in the life that God has for you, not just the healing you need while you're living your own life. Hmm? You see, when you come to God for healing... How about you come to God for everything and then healing just comes with the package? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How about we come to God for everything and then healing's just a benefit. You don't even have to pray for it. How many of you don't have to pray for something that's overtaking you? All these blessings shall come on you and overtaking, overtake you. John Capetto translation, if you just go all the way for God. Diligently hearken to his voice. Do what he says. You want to live that kind of life? 
you don't have to pray for a lot of things for yourself anymore. Most of your prayers are now just ministry for others. You can pray for it. Let me go back. Any believer can get a victory. But it takes living in the will of God to live above the storm and live in victory where you don't need to keep asking for things. They just come with the package. Read the next verse. Read read these two verses in sequence now. Destruction and misery are in their way. So if you have destruction and misery in your life, God might want to talk to you about your way of thinking. Your way of talking. The way you talk. The way you're treating other people. The direction you're going. Your part in the church. Whatever. He might want to talk to you about your way. I was praying a couple weeks ago about something in my life that I'm, I'm believing God for a manifest. Uh, I'm believing God that I have received this thing and I, I know the manifestation's on the way. But I said, God, is there something that I could be praying for that maybe has more to do with my life than just receiving a blessing from me? He goes, and the Spirit of God immediately said, I'm going to tell you how to pray. Well, why didn't he just do it for you? He, can't, he helps us to pray. He doesn't do it all for us. So he gave me a prayer. Oh, my goodness, is it a good prayer. I said, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'll pray that. And the prayer was this. Heavenly Father... Show me the road that I could be on that leads smack dab in the middle of this manifestation of victory. I want to know the road that's the best for my faith. When you're on the road God wants you on, your faith works a lot better. Your confidence level is sky high. Do you know why Paul could say in the midst of a deadly storm, boat blowing apart, Sailors freaking out. Roman soldiers freaking out. They all knew they were going to die. Sun nor stars nor moon appeared in many days. Great tempest lay upon them. All hope they should be saved was lost. Do you know why Paul had amazing confidence and said, came, down, came up from the brig and said, Hey, everybody be of good cheer. An angel appeared to me this night. And I believe God. Where did that faith come from? In the midst of a storm, I believe God. It'll be even as it was told me. We're getting through this thing. Nobody's going to die. If you do what I say, prisoner, right? The prisoner. If you do what I say, you know, I'm the prisoner. But if you do what I say, you're going to be alive. Yeah. This storm's not going to kill you. Well, they had enough sense to believe Paul. His faith must have been contagious. You know why he had great faith? Do you know why a storm couldn't kill him? You know why a snake bite couldn't kill him? Because it would have been an interruption to him living his life out in God. He said, I, I had an angel appear to me this night. Whose I am? No, he didn't say I'm the angels. He said, An angel of God appeared to me, whose I am. Paul said, I'm God's and whom I serve. When you're serving God, your faith goes sky high. When you know you're serving God, your faith goes sky high. One of the best things about living the life that Jesus has for you is your faith works way better. There's no wonders or doubts or How many know it's important to know that you're doing the will of God and not just what you want to do or somebody else is forcing you to do or what, you know, your finances say you have to do, right? It's good to get down to the will of God for your life. This scripture says destruction and misery are in their way. So a lot of people's answer is get off the road you're on, (laughs) whether it's in your thinking and you're confessing or what you're doing. Next verse. And the way of peace They've not known. What, what's, how do you get peace in your life? Well, like I said, any believer can get a victory. But if you want to live in peace, you might want to check out what road you're on. The way. Everybody say the way. The way. 
peace is a way. It's not just the answer to a prayer. Yes, cry out for peace. Cry out for help if you need help. Cry out for strength of mind. Cry out for healing of emotions. But if you want to stay in peace, you might want to strongly consider staying on the way of peace. Right? So destruction and misery are on a road. Peace is on a road. Who decides what road you go down? You do. It's up to you. You could be a believer, go through a terrible part of town and get mugged. (laughs) Is that the will of God? No. Can you pray for deliverance? Yeah. But he'll probably want to talk to you about not going to that part of town anymore. That you don't have to go through. There's other ways to get to where you're going. I figure if you can be mugged in the natural and be a born again Christian saved by grace, you can be mugged spiritually by going down the wrong road, even though you're saved by grace. See, God's wanting to mess with your life because his life is the best life there is. Yes, there's healing in it. Yes, there's prosperity in it. But there's also light, purpose, contentment, strength, loving relationship with God. It's amazing what's on the life that God has for you, on the road that he has for you. And and listen to this. Just just understand this, guys. When we're we're talking about the way we're living, the way we're thinking, what we're doing, what what our path is in life. When we're talking about lining up with the perfect will of God, listen closely. I don't believe the Lord wants us just to focus on our discipline. He wants us to focus on greater intimacy with him that produces a higher discipline. It's not about trying harder all the time. It's about more surrender to the things of God. You know, if it's if it's if it's requiring more discipline, how about it come through our greater intimacy with God as opposed to, well, I'm going to do what the preacher said. You know, we've heard some of these things, too, in the Southwest Convention that were really life changing. And the Lord said, I'll go right along with what you've been teaching on Sunday morning. I said, yes, it will. And so I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 13. Discipline's important. We believe in it, but it's not through discipline alone that gets us into this higher life. It's intimacy, greater intimacy with the Lord. Everything we're challenged to do for God should always come back to, hey, come on, buddy, let's, let's be more disciplined. No, how about, hey, everybody, let's spend some more time with God. Let's surrender on a higher level. Let's be more intimate with the Lord as we're talking about these things. So it comes out of the relationship instead of out of a rule. All right. So look here in Proverbs 13. Say the life of victory is the life for me. Proverbs 13, excuse me, Proverbs 13, verse 15. Notice what Solomon said here. Good understanding gives favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. Everybody say way. Way. Does it matter the way we're living? Does it matter what's your priorities are? Does it matter what you're doing with your time? Does it matter what your routine is? Does it matter? Now, this is an extreme negative way, and there's, of course, an extreme positive way, and then there's a lot of ways in between. Some aren't as bad as maybe, because actually, if you read this in some translation, he says the way of a transgressor, somebody who's doing their own thing, 
you know, refusing to do what the Lord wants them to do, following their flesh instead of the Holy Spirit. Their way is going to, one Bible says their way is destruction. Everybody say destruction, destruction. is a way. Sometimes you're on the way to destruction for weeks and months and you're seeing no destruction, but it's leading you to one. You know, some of these things don't happen immediately. Sometimes you get on a road, you don't see certain things till you drive a few miles down the road. Well, this scripture says in another translation that the way of a transgressor is difficult. <laughs> Here's another thing. We heard, I'm going to try to quote it. I don't know if it was Creflo or who it was or Bill Johnson. I don't know, but one of the guys said um, something to the effect of, there's a lot of people watching the news today that are inflicting themselves. They're, how did it go? They are self-inflicting discouragement in their lives because of watching the news media today. It's not, you can't blame what you're hearing on news for your depression. You don't have to watch it. <laughs> it's self-inflicting problems. Oh, all this stuff going on in the world today has got me so miserable. No, you watching it has got you miserable. We haven't watched news for like a week. We, we, we're fasting some things right now and news and Facebook is one of them and whether we ever go back or not, I don't care. Uh, and we're giving more time to God, taking one, two, three sermons a day, sometimes four sermons a day. It's amazing how God will help you do the business of the day supernaturally if you put him first. Because you think, well, I don't have enough time to put God first and, and take care of all my responsibilities in your own natural wisdom. Right. But you start putting God first, putting a sermon or two or three in your life every day, if you can, right? Or if you choose to, I should say you will supernaturally be able to get everything else done quicker and easier by putting God first than not putting God first and trying to do it all in your own strength and power. So we've been doing that. And it's been this last week changed our lives forever. And our overflow is getting on you right now, I, I believe. And it's going to help you too. Um, go with me. Actually, don't go to the scripture. Go to Psalm 103. No, don't. Yeah, go to Psalm 103, and I'll just quote this to you. So we just talked about how Paul was on a boat. He had a mission from God. You must be brought before Caesar. He was doing the will of God in the plan of God, and he knew he was. And dying on a ship would have been an interruption to Paul doing the full will of God. So that couldn't happen. He couldn't die. He gets on the island. The ship blows apart. They get on the island. Nobody's life is lost. He gets bit by a viper. And all the residents of that island know if you get bit by that snake, you die because many of our relatives and friends have. And so they, they thought Paul was a murderer or something and the vengeance of the sea suffered him not and this suffered him not to live and he's going to die. He didn't die. That's right. Time went by and then the people on the island go, well, 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 well maybe he's a god because <laughs> everybody else gets bit because it was hanging on him. He had to shake it off. He got bit. <laughs> they didn't just brush up next to him. He got bit. Yeah. And it didn't affect him at all. Why couldn't Paul die of a snake bite? Why put, couldn't Paul die? Why couldn't Paul die of a shipwreck that he was supposed to die in? Because the life he was living didn't have that interruption on it. It, it couldn't happen because he must be brought before Caesar, and he knew it. They, one time they stoned him dead. The believers got around him. 
and he rose up. Why? Because he wasn't done with the life that God had called him to. And then and you read his personal testimony. That's the only one we have record of. He said, I've been in deaths often. Well, why couldn't those deaths keep him down? Why did he keep rising up? Because he was living a life that had benefits with it. I redeem your life from destruction. Right? Look at Psalm 103. Now say this, church. Say this. All these blessings shall come on me and overtake me if I live the life God wants me to live. Which includes assignments. It includes direction in your life. It includes what you do in your daily routines. Not just, I believe in Jesus when somebody asks you. The Bible says, if you follow God with all your heart, all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. Question, do you have to pray for something that's overtaking you? Why? Because it's overtaking you. You don't even have time to pray for it. It's already overtaking you. When? Listen, church. All kinds of people are going after blessings, praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. Those blessings would come after them if they'd make sure they're living the life God called them to live. Right? Doing the things he's called them to do. Having the routines in their life he wants them to have. It's so important to pray and seek God about the direction for your life because you have a will. And you can do flat out whatever you want to do. But a lot of times that takes you on a road where other things are that you don't want, like misery. <laughs> right? But there is a road. Say there is a road. There's a way. So let me quote this to you. Actually, we'll go there. Look at Psalm 103, verse 1 through 3. What's the first, first part? Bless the Lord. So David's saying, God, you're not just the one I run to when I'm in trouble. You're my Lord. You're my daily Lord. I am not in full control of my life. You are. Now, I, I walk in you know, self-control, but when it comes to direction, where I go, who I should be hooked up with, what I'm spending the majority of my time doing, what church I go to, what's my part in the church, I look to you because you're my Lord. What if Jesus is your Lord? See, a lot of people just want the salvation that he has. I want the life he has. Because his life is the way of peace, joy, contentment, satisfaction, strength, power, glory, eternal significance. This scripture says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and for Now bless who? Can, can I ask you, how many people love the fact that Jesus is your savior? And that even in this life, on your way to heaven, if you hit a brick wall, he'll save you if you call on his name. Right? Many have hit brick walls that have been fatal, though, in this life, and they went to heaven early. Was it God's will? I submit unto you. There's a lot of stuff happening in this earth to people that is not the will of God at all. Because if everything that's happening in this earth is the, somehow the mysterious will of God, 
then babies being abused is the will of God. People being murdered in cold blood is somehow the mysterious will of God. People raping other people. Well, it's just somehow the will of God. We don't understand. Well, if you don't understand, read the Bible and find out that the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Read the Bible and realize if we ain't resisting, the devil's doing his will. And the devil's will is not somehow the mysterious will of God. If everything that was happening on this planet was the will of God, and if God was really in control of everything that's happening, he's got this world in a terrible mess. And why would he say pray and believe God to change things if everything was his will? He'd just say, just kick back and que sera, sera, whatever will be will be. If you're shot by a sniper, you're shot by a sniper. Que sera, sera, whatever, the, whatever will be will be. No! The Bible says pray. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, telling us his will is not being done on earth. Or why say pray it be done on earth as it is in heaven. A lot of stuff, people need to get out of the kickback and we'll just see whatever happens mode and realize there's a devil. There are demon spirits trying to hurt people all the time. And if we don't put our foot down and resist them and tell them to shut up, go, stop, be gone, they'll wreak havoc and it's not the will of God. Well, why didn't God stop it? He gave you and me a free will and we can go down any road we want, but we're going to experience what's on that road and it won't be the mysterious will of God. It'll be your mysterious will. Why you would take a road other than God's road. The enemy is a liar. I don't like the phrase God is in control. I do believe he will ultimately get his will done with are without us. But when it comes to everything that happens in your life, who chooses what cereal you eat this morning? Who chooses what tie I wear? Now, I'm always sensitive to the Lord, you know. He, he, you know I said, Lord, what, do you, what would you like me to wear today? But he has left some decisions up to us. And the more we know the word, the more our decisions are going to be accurate and profitable. God is not in control of everything or everyone. If he was, everything would be perfect. You want to know what this earth would be like if he was in control of everything on this earth? It'd look like heaven because heaven's amazing because God always gets his way there. What if God always gets his way in your life? What would your life look like? Well, you already got an example. What's it like in heaven? Is there any disease or crime in heaven? Is there any depression or fear in heaven? What if that, well, if if that's because God always gets his way in heaven, what if he always gets his way in your family? What if you're serious about wanting to know his will? What if you're serious about wanting to know his ways? Well, it looks to me like certain things will not be in your life on the earth. Misery. Harm, destruction. I know we read that scripture in Jeremiah. It says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, give you hope and a future. One way to look at that is this. The plan of God for your life has those things in it. And if you're in the plan of God, those things will overtake you, prosper you, divine protection, not harm you, 
hope, future. It comes with the package. Forget not all his benefits, right? What are his benefits if Jesus is your Lord? And you don't have to pray for benefits. If a boss gives you a benefit, do you have to pray for it? You don't ask for benefits. They come to you from your superior. You don't have to pray for them. They'll come to you if, right? If you're doing something that pleases them and they really like your performance, they're going to give you a benefit, a bonus. What's his benefits? Next verse. Forgives all your iniquities. Did you know if you're walking in the light and you're doing what you know to do, Even if you make a mistake, he forgives you for it. You don't even have to ask him. The sins you need to confess are the ones you knew better about. It's called being honest. It's called saying, Lord, man, do I need your blood. Man, do I need your grace. But if you're walking the light as he's in the light, well, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses you from all sin. What do you mean? If you're walking in the light and you commit a sin and make a mistake that you had no idea was a sin or a mistake, his blood covers that. You don't have to pray for it. Because you don't have all light yet. And I don't have all light yet. Sin is a violation of light. In other words, sin is doing something you know is wrong and you do it anyway. That's called not walking in the light you have on that subject. How can you be accountable for something you didn't know was wrong, but you're doing your best to live for God while the blood of Jesus covers you of any mistakes you make in that zone? You don't have to pray for some benefits. He heals all your diseases. <laughs> Come on, what happens if you're like David? Bless the Lord. Lord means the one who's got the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. I think I'll write a song. Jesus, take the wheel. Why are you laughing? Oh, some, some chick already did that, huh? <laughs> he, if he's your Lord, there's some things you don't have to pray for. If you want more than him saving you, and you actually want to live the way he wants you to live, he's your Lord. He won't push you. He won't make you. But boy, will he counsel you. Man, will he help you make right decisions. Man, will he give you direction. Come on, two ways God gives you direction. Number one, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Do you know why a lot of people are miserable today? Because they stubbed their little toe and broke it in the dark. Well, what if the light's on? You know what path to take. And no broken toe. His word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. That's why we encourage everybody to read your chapter every day, Monday through Friday, with the church. Read other chapters on Saturday and Sunday. Hear good sermons. Go to church as much as you can. I encourage people to take at least one pill or one sermon a day. And absorb it. How do you know you're absorbing a sermon? You're asking somebody next to you for a pen and a piece of paper. You're in the receiving mode. You can't wait to get the archive and study this thing out. 
See, now it's an engrafted word, and now it's able to save your life. So what are his benefits? If Jesus is your Lord, see, you don't have to pray for benefits. Now, if Jesus is not your Lord, but you are saved, and you're going to heaven, and you're living on your own road, and you hit misery, and you hit destruction, call out to God. He will save you. But my suggestion is that we get to the place where all these things that are trying to hurt us aren't even on the road that we're on anymore. Hebrews chapter 12. Look at this. Hebrews 12. How many of you want to be on the road where misery ain't? I thank God for bailout prayers. Thank God for prayers that help us in time of trouble. Thank the Lord for that. But thank God for the life where the wicked one touches us not. What does the Bible say? Keep yourself in the love of God and the wicked one touches you not. That's different than him touching you and you crying out to God for deliverance. He can't even touch you if you keep yourself in a certain way of living. How many of you know Brother Hagen, before he left the earth, the last sermon he preached, you know, Kenneth Hagen, Rhema Bible Training Center, that God told him to go teach my people faith. The last sermon he taught was on walking in love. He wrote a book this thick called Love, The Way to Victory. Highly recommend you get it. You can find it online, find it on Amazon. Love, The Way to to victory. He gives testimony after testimony after testimony in this book where people who are diagnosed with terminal diseases, cancer, that when they, they got prayed by everybody, Brother Hagen himself prayed for these people and they're not getting any better. I mean, old Roberts, all the healing of that pray, no better, dying of cancer. But when they decided to forgive somebody, they were immediately healed of cancer. No prayer, just forgave. Amazing. Amazing. You go to God for healing. You might want to go to God for a little more than healing in case something in your life is causing the problem. Get that fixed. You'll never have to pray for healing again. Love, the way to victory. It's an amazing book. I remember we were teaching a whole love seminar and we had Pastor Hooper come down and teach at it, Pastor Dan Cox. And then Pastor Hooper asked me to go preach at Fellowship Church on a Wednesday night. And that was my message at Fellowship Church. I said, God wants me to talk to you about love, the way to victory. And I had a half hour. And I mean, it got down to uh, 29 minutes and 59 seconds and bang, I stopped. (laughs) I don't believe in going overtime when somebody in authority in that area tells me that that's all I got. I I don't do that. Um, But there is a way to live in victory. And walking in love has a lot to do with it. But before we close, let me just share this with you. In, um, where did I tell you to go to? Hebrews chapter 12. Look with me at verse, I believe it's verse 6. Can you go to verse 6? Let's see what that says. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Next verse. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son? Is he whom his father chastens not? So can we just stop right there? Are we always supposed to feel, woo, every church service? (laughs) Ha, 
<laughs> I got tickled again. It was wonderful. Are we supposed to leave some church services like, Lord, you hit me a low blow. <laughs> I think I need to go home and repent about some things. <laughs> I think I need to ch change some things. If you're a son, you will not always feel hunky-dory after a church service. The Bible says, if you, if you don't, if you're never corrected by God, King James says you're a bastard. I'm just quoting the Bible. An illegitimate child. You're not a child of God if you're never experiencing any correction from God. And his correction does not come in the form of sickness and disease and accidents and breaking your arm. That is the devil. That is not God. That is just religious junk. God teaches us with his word and sometimes his word hurts so bad you don't even want to come back to that church anymore. But if you endure it, if you endure it, God deals with you as with a legitimate son. For what son is in, in whom the father chastens not? I've had people tell me in our church, I've had people leave our church because they heard things they didn't want to hear. It messed up their lust and their fun and their own ways and their own desires. And they said, I don't have to take this. I can go to a church where they don't preach against this and they don't, they don't share these scriptures. You bet you can, but you better make sure that's a road God wants you on Amen. and not just one your flesh wants you on. I am more, more keen today to the power and the amazing benefits of divine connections than ever before. Satan hates divine connections and his number one tool to get you out of the place you're supposed to be in and disconnected from the people you're supposed to be hooked with is offense. That's right. He wants you offended mm -hmm. at your leaders and your preachers and your partners and the people in the ministry that you're working with. He wants you offended because the devil knows if you stay in that place, you're going to flourish. If you stay in that place, all the nourishment from the head is going to get to you and through you to other people. Satan hates divine connections. So don't be surprised once in a while if you get a little offended feeling at your preacher or the person you're working in, the department you're in, or whatever. It's the enemy. He hates you being where you're supposed to be. But there's not a thing he can do about it. He can't make it. If he can make you do anything, he would have made you not receive Jesus. So if he can't make you, you know, hold you back from the greatest thing in life, how can he? You have to yield. You have to open up to his lies. I, um, as I was preparing for this sermon, and we were watching Kenneth Copeland last night, the final night of the Southwest Believers Convention in Fort Worth, or actually Dallas, the convention center there, um, I was thinking, Lord, I'm open. Lord, I, I don't, I'm not going to be so stuck on series anymore. I want to preach what the people need to hear the day they're there. If it's a part of a series, it's a part, but I want it to be God-made, not man-made. I don't see Jesus teaching in a series. Nothing wrong with that. I think it's great. It's powerful. Teachers do that. God anoints them to do that. But I was a little stuck and thinking, well, okay, I, I, I made this poster and I, I got to make sure I stay on that, you know, because I just made this poster, this really cool poster of this, of this, of this person with the shield and, and honoring God more. So I, I got, well, I, I got to watch out about that because I don't want to be pulled. I want to make sure I'm led by the Spirit. And so I was thinking about this and how I wrote a song, and some of these songs the Lord's dealing with me about releasing pretty soon. They, I haven't released hardly any of the songs that I've written. Very, very few have I. And I believe the Spirit of God said, because there's a timing involved. 
en pazzi kuno ocindi frombante ke skivojuna akadibra etka vianto bromano juta e cre divianto mutin glianto pokono ocindi freante ka ha 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 there's a rising up in this hour of gifts and sermons and books and music from inside my people that are prepared for such a time as this. If they were to be released previously, they would not have had the impact. But because of the atmosphere of this planet and because of the busyness of the realm of the spirit, these things are going to start to come forth in this hour with power and the timing will be correct and the influence will be what it's supposed to be. People will be delivered and set free as they hear the songs and the sermons and as they read the books because many of these things that have been stirring in many of my people were for such a time as this. So be diligent, says the Lord. Look to him and study and release those things that you thought maybe weren't that awesome. It's just they were for this time and not times previous. Mm. So I, I have I have written slash received probably 50 to 100 songs that I've never released. I played them for my daughter when she was a baby, played them for Isaac, played them for Carla, play, you know, just my dog. But she doesn't respond much. I don't know. Maybe she's not her genre or something. <laughs> Sometimes she leaves the room when I sing and play. But anyway, doesn't hurt my doesn't hurt my self-esteem at all. But one song I wrote a while back, it's entitled How the Mighty Are Fallen. And it's a song about King Saul, Jonathan, Solomon, other people that were totally on track, totally right where they should be, doing amazing things for God and got off. And their end was sad. I was just, we're just reading about King Asa. Oh my goodness, what a man of God. Here this whole host of a million soldiers is coming against him, his little army. And he said, God, we are dead unless you help us. And the Bible says King Asa relied upon the Lord God with all of his heart, prayed a powerful prayer and said, Lord, our eyes are on you. And God smote the enemy and King Asa won an amazing battle. It was supernatural. It was victorious. And I mean, it's in the Bible, in the Chronicles of the Kings. It's there. You can read it. Not too long after that, he became prosperous, got a lot of money, got a lot of fame. And he got lazy. And another battle was facing him. But he had money this time, so he just wrote a check and said, oh, I'll just hire these guys to take care of this. And the Lord said, they're escaping out of your hands because now you're relying on your paycheck and you're not relying on me. And he lost the war. And the prophet came to him and said, listen, Listen, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts perfect toward him. You've departed from the Lord. And King Asa put the prophet in prison. He's not relying on the Lord anymore. He started out great. How the mighty are fallen. The beauty of Israel is slain on her high places. And so King Asa is relying on his money now more than the Lord who gave him the money in the first place. You've got to watch out about when the Lord does prosper you about relying more on what he gave you than him. That's why I say, I think I said in the earlier service, that's why I say, we don't want anything in our house we didn't believe God for. 
even if you have the money to buy something, you might want to be open to believing it in instead of just paying for it. Keep yourself fresh in faith. Keep yourself strong in faith. Keep developing your faith. Brother Copeland said that. He said, I don't want anything in my house that I didn't believe God for. Keith quoted him when he was teaching. Oh, that's a good word. Keep developing your faith. And so I wrote this song, Saul, you were a man of God. What was it that made you fall? Was the fame too much to bear? You took your life in the midst of your despair. How the mighty are fallen. His son, Jonathan, you're a strong young man, fighting only where the mighty stand. It touches me when I say it because it's leaning on your father's side. The war was lost, but did you have to die? How the mighty are fallen. Solomon, you were a righteous king. Your wisdom and your glory through the ages ring. But the women that you love so dear stole your heart. Now your kingdom disappeared. How the mighty are fallen. Then I came up to a modern day evangelist, Stephen Jeffries. I heard this through Lester Sumron. I wrote a lyric about it. Stephen, you are a righteous man. It's a true story. Stephen, you are a righteous man, healing thousands by the bleeding lamb. He had a vision of a bleeding lamb on a wall and it changed his life and he entered into the healing ministry. People all over the place, even people in positions of government authority getting healed, coming to him from all over. But the lyric says it, Stephen, you are a righteous man, healing thousands by the bleeding lamb. But now the world is at your feet and the praise of men has crippled your physique how the mighty are fallen. He died of a paralyzed condition that he was getting people healed of. He said, now one day he said, the world is at my feet. Can, I mean, can, can you think, and I don't know why I'm saying all this, this is all free, but, but I thought Paul, the apostle Paul, visions of Jesus, a prophet, an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity, changing the world, writing three, two thirds of the New Testament. There's a guy with him named Demas hanging out with Paul, the apostle, helping him in the ministry. Glory to God. You talk about going down as a, a somebody in the ages. I mean, that's amazing. Not, not because of who he was, but what he did. We're all somebody because of who we are. But he did. And, and here Demas is walking around with the apostle Paul. Visions of Jesus, miracles and ministry, writing two thirds of the New Testament. Demas, the Bible says, left me. Having loved this present world. How the mighty are fallen. Well, we're not only talking about living the life of victory. We're talking about staying on that road with intimacy with God every day. Always aware that mighty men have fallen and by the grace of God, it won't happen to us. Staying in a surrendered state, obviously King Asa, Demas, Solomon, Saul, they drifted from a daily walk with God because things like that don't happen to you if you're daily intimate with God. And so the life we're talking about is not something we get to and we go, wow, I'm there. Praise God. I guess I can take my foot off the pedal and coast. We're talking about daily, daily 
renewals, daily surrender, daily consecration, daily intimacy. Oh, praying in tongues regularly, living a spirit filled life, going to church because you want to, not because you have to. Hearing sermons like you take pills. I mean, you're just addicted to this. This is amazing. It's a life that no way else you can get. So in closing, we got to close here. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Keep reading. Go to the next few verses. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chastens not? Keep going. But if you be without chastisement, wherefore you're all partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. That simply means an illegitimate child. But if you're being corrected, if you're if you ever feel a little pain on the inside from the word of the Lord. (laughs) Go praise God. I'm a son. (laughs) He doesn't correct people that aren't his. Jesus said, as many as I love, I rebuke. Amen. Some of the greatest strides in my Christian walk is when I heard words I didn't want to hear, whether it be directly from the Lord or from Keith Moore, from somebody else or a phone call with Mark Hankins or whoever. I've heard some words that hurt bad and I thought I didn't have any rebellion in me until I heard those words. (laughs) And I thought I ain't where I thought I was. Keep keep it coming, Lord. Next verse. Furthermore, we've had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? Absolutely. Next verse. For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but God for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Keep going. Now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. You go this way, you're going to get some peace. Fruits of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Now look at these next two verses. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down. Quit murmuring and griping and complaining. Get into a life of praise. Get into a life of praise. I mean, come on, let's take a hint from our brother Joel Osteen. Quit complaining about things you don't have and thank God you can see today. Thank God your ears are working. Thank God your retinas are attached. Thank God, right? Thank God you got two feet. Quit complaining about what, lift up the hands which hang, change your lifestyle, change your attitude. Make sure the way you're thinking is God's way of thinking. Come on, lift lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Why? Next verse. Make what? Make Make another prayer and get bailed out? No, change your life. Make straight paths for your feet. Change the way you're going. Change the way you're thinking. Get on a different road. Why? Lest that which is sick and lame be turned out of the way. But rather let it be healed. Let it be healed. Healing is a way. Let me put it this way. Health is a way. It didn't say he that visiteth the secret place of the Most High, no evil will befall him. This is a place you live. You are constantly in his shadow. He's not in yours. You're following him, not God follow me while I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, coronavirus... It's it's a part of the no evil shall befall you, nor any plague come near your dwelling. What does it mean no plague come near your dwelling? Does that mean you're sick and you get healed? That's one step better. Can't even get to you. 
Anybody interested in pestilence not even being able to get to you? Here's my word to you. Consecration. Right? God first. Paul told Timothy, Timothy, give yourself wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, give yourself completely to these things and your profiting will appear to all. Read the next. Did you read that? Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. So, is people turning out of the way God saying no to their healing prayer? No, No, it's them turning out of the way of healing. Right? Oh, thank you, Lord. I was in the earlier service. I said this, and oh, it's twelve fourteen. That's that's good. We're doing good. At least it's not eight o'clock yet. Because we actually we got prayer at seven, so we've got a few hours. We can still hang out. <laughs> um, in the earlier service, I, I said this, and I wanted to say it again because it, it's kind of thought provoking. But um, I think we should be so close to God that we don't have to rely on our technology much anymore to remind us of things. The Spirit of God reminds us. We're so close to Him, we're hearing His leading so clearly that we don't even have to write it down every time in an iPhone. And the Lord's dealing with me about watching out about notes. Now you see how I have notes up here because I think it's totally God. What I have on my notes, I believe, is the Spirit of God. And, but what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if I forgot my notes at home? I should be living close enough to God where everything that he wants to bring to my remembrance that I wrote on my notes would come out anyway whether I looked at my notes or not. we got to watch out about living our lives in such a way where we're not developing independency on the Holy Spirit and what he's called to do for us. We could, we could totally substitute the Holy Spirit for our iPhone today. I really believe with all my heart, our lifestyles have to change if we want to live in this area of victory. One of the things we got to watch out about is responding to beeps and buzzers and vibrations. I mean, you could be totally doing something the Spirit of God wants you to do. Go to your phone, miss the Spirit of God, misdirection, miss timings, miss what you're supposed to do because who's your Lord at that time? Well, obviously not what you were doing. Now the phone's your Lord. You got to watch out about being led by buzzes and beeps and rings and vibrations. Just because your phone goes ding, 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 doesn't mean you just stop what you're doing and look at it. There are some people that aren't even with us anymore who left the earth early because they did that while they were driving. It's a very dangerous thing to be led by anything other than the Spirit of God. You'd be amazed. <laughs> you'd be amazed at how much you're not missing if you just turn off social media and secular news for a while. And you'll be amazed at what you were missing from the Spirit of God. Does that make sense? You'd be amazed at how much you're really not missing if you turn off the world for a while and put God in there. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, 
visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.